Four-star offensive tackle Chimney Ono commits to the class of 2023. And James Franklin, Phil Troutwine, we are really watching them build what could be one of the best offensive lines in the nation in just a few years. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. That is FanDuel.com slash Locked On. My name is Zach Seiko, your host. And today we're talking Penn State football to open things up as Penn State gets another four-star commit to close out the class of 2023 as the second signing period has come and gone and Penn State gets a high-profile offensive tackle out of it, Chimney Ono, Penn State men's basketball insider. Adam Sheets is going to join me for the final two segments on this episode to talk about Penn State's 80-60 to loss to Purdue. Uh, for Penn State, uh, let's talk about the class of 2023 as a whole because they moved up the rankings, right? Not exactly. They're still at about the same place, uh, depending on where you look. For example, 24-7 Sports has them 13th. On three has them at 14th. So they're about that middle range, the teen. Uh, consensus seems to be 14th overall. Number two in the Big Ten, which is the most important. Uh, still trailing Ohio State, but they're ahead against the likes of Michigan. They're ahead against Michigan State. They are number two uh, in the Big Ten. And this class consists of zero five stars. You know, there were quite a bit of five stars in last year's group, and they play like them too, right? Nicholas Singleton, Drew Aller. Uh, and so on and so forth. That uh, Denai Dennis Sutton will throw in there as well. Uh, in this class, 15 four stars. So it's a really solid group. And anytime you can get 20 plus commits like Penn State did here, they had 23 ultimately. And they still could technically get some more prospects uh, in the, some graded prospects in this class because uh, there's still an opportunity to sign with colleges. I just don't think they're uh, in the market for any more high school prospects at this point in time. Uh, but zero five stars, 15 four stars, and eight three stars. Uh, and there's just not going to be a lot of movement after the addition of Chimney Ono, uh, who hails from Maryland. But it's the icing on the cake to get this final commitment. This was a class that I was already very impressed with. Uh, you had three offensive line prospects in this group with Birch Meyer and Javen Williams and Anthony Donko. And, and now you have Chimney Ono in, in the mix as well. This is a foundation type of class. That's what this is. Last year, you got the quarterback, you got the running back, you got these skilled guys that you really need. But I still believe that games are won in the trenches. I, I really do. And I believe that defense wins championships. That is the foundation for football as a whole. People say it starts up front with the offensive line. It does. And defense wins championships. You don't hear people saying, well, offense wins championships. And, and you know, well, the, uh, the wide receivers uh, are really the, no, Penn State, Got back to basics here. They built up the offensive line. They got four really good prospects. Four really good prospects. And then they focused on the defense quite a bit. They got three linebackers who are all capable of starting alongside each other over the next few years. And then they got five defense. Almost had six. Almost had six. They, they lost out on one. Uh, but they got five really good defensive backs, all guys that could play sooner rather than later, and and some of which have enrolled early and, and are with the program right now as we speak. So this is a foundational class, uh, no matter how you, how you want to slice it up, because Penn State, uh, 
they address the concerns that people have had, and rightfully so. Um, they, they weren't listening to the fans necessarily, but everyone was echoing the same sentiment that they, they haven't been that great in the offensive line, and, and they're continuing to build on what has worked for them. Super talented secondaries and aggressive secondaries. Jaquan Brisker, Jair Brown, Joey Porter Jr. Like the, They're continuing this trend of, of lockdown you, and that is Anthony Poindexter and Terry Smith with that influence on the back end. So that's the the stamp on this class is from Phil Troutwine, Terry Smith, Anthony Poindexter. Uh, as far as the overall class of 2023 rankings go, uh, as you can imagine, Alabama is on top. No, no surprise. Georgia's right behind them. Texas is third. Ohio State is fourth in the nation. That's where you want to see Penn State more often than not. I get that. They're getting there. They're getting to that point. LSU's number five. Brian Kelly's doing uh, pretty well. Mario Cristobal in Miami are sixth. Oklahoma is seventh. Oregon is eighth. Oregon had a really late push, and they've uh, moved up. Notre Dame is number nine. Clemson is number 10. Florida is 11th. Tennessee is 12th. Uh, USC is 13th. And this is according to on three. Again, you look at some different rankings and those teams are shifted around, whether it's ESPN or rivals, uh, whatever have you, 24-7 sports. So Chimney Ono, what does he bring to the table? Because I, it, Penn State, when, when, when I finish this segment, they the bigger picture at offensive line is this could be a group that becomes one of the best in the nation. And, and I truly believe that because they didn't just get a, a few three stars and it's like, okay, you know, what are the what's the best case scenario? They got top tier offensive linemen and, and Chimney Ono. Uh, break down the film, you, you, you watch him play, he's a four star offensive tackle, okay. From Maryland, uh, originally committed to Old Dominion and, and Ricky Ronnie. So uh, <laughs> Penn State probably feels a little bit bad, but uh, not too bad. Uh, all's fair in love and war here. Uh, chooses Penn State primarily over Michigan State. That's who it really came down to, the Spartans and the Nittany Lions. Uh, Rutgers also involved, uh, and he did take an official visit to Old Miss in the in middle of January. But he's the fourth offensive lineman in this class of 2023. Uh, schools were interested in him in him very late in the cycle because a lot of what college football recruiting has to do with uh, is the fact if you go to these camps, you're advertised well, you're marketed well. And, and I feel like Chimney Ono was a diamond in the rough because of where he went to school and what kind of, he wasn't going to a lot of these camps. Uh, had he been, I feel like he would have been someone that was signed in December. So it's also about finding the talent and finding these prospects. And some of them do hide out. They're not, uh, they're just not showcased well enough. So he was showcased late in the cycle when people caught word of him because he did go to some camps for old dominion, old dominion offered him. Uh, he was committed and then ultimately backed out. And now he's, he's flipped to Penn state. He's signed. He's, uh, he's committed to Penn state here, announced his commitment uh, yesterday. Uh, so, but what I really like about Chimney Ono, so that's part of the reason why he's a part of the second recruiting cycle. It wasn't a holdout or anything like some other prospects. It was because it just wasn't marketed well. That, that That's really what it comes down to. He wasn't advertised as a top-tier high school athlete. But he's a three-sport athlete. Football, obviously. Basketball and, and track and field. Um, really good in discus, if you can believe that. So, And I like that because that focuses on other techniques, other skill sets that you're you're going to learn in football through through practices and specific drills to target certain muscle groups, but he also kind of has that experience. 
from playing. That's why it's so vital for high school students to play other sports. I, I'm in that boat. Uh, but the consensus is you look around what the scouts are saying, what other Penn State reporters are saying. He's a raw athlete and he will take time to develop. Like that's he's just a pure freak athlete. He's big, he's fast, he can play multi, he's played multiple sports and he's been good at all three. Um, but part of the drawback is what kind of level of competition was he playing? Um, it, it seems as though that the high school level for football, he wasn't playing against that grade of talent. So there wasn't that much resistance. So how will that translate with him going to a power five school, a division one school, power five school? Um, this is a good opportunity for him to redshirt. He's not coming in with the winter program. He's not enrolling early. He's going to get here in the summer. Um, and his technique is okay. That's just what it is at the end of the day. His technique's okay, but you can, you can teach football. You can't teach athleticism and, and chimney. Ono uh, is a free, you can't teach speed as the, as the true saying goes. And chimney Ono is exactly that uh, for Phil Troutwine. Uh, I've raved about it now in the past few episodes here. Uh, he's a magician. He really is. He continues to build this offensive line for the future. He's great at building relationships with players. As you saw with Jalen Matthews just a couple of days ago, a sophomore in high school who still has the opportunity to take all of these official visits uh, and really go through his decision-making process and chooses Penn State. He knows right away. You've seen that with Cooper Cousins in the class of 2024. Um, but Phil Troutwine, on top of making great relationships with these young players, these young student athletes, it's translating in terms of technique development, right? These players goal is to get their goal is to get to the NFL. That is their goal. It's not to, oh, I want to play at Penn state and then, you know, go into, uh, go into mathematics. No, it, it's, that's not what it is. They, they want to play in the pros. Um, see Olu Fashionu, how quickly he went from a developmental prospect to a consensus top five pick in the NFL draft. And he's coming back. He's coming back. So the, the bigger picture at offensive line ultimately here is that Penn state, you know, they get pushed around. They can't compete with Michigan. They can't compete with Ohio state, but we really could see, we are seeing in real time Penn state building for the future and what could be a top five nationally ranked offensive line down the road. I know these are high school kids. That's a bold prediction, but you you are getting some of the best talent here uh, in the country at the high school level. These rankings are a lot more efficient than what they used to be because there's all these programs to go and scout these younger players. Um, and, and it's not a matter of waiting around for Javen Williams and Alex Birchmeyer, uh, Chimney Ono in this case, Anthony Donko, to, to get the group together. How about who's already here? Drew Shelton, who got some starting experience as a true freshman. Venga Yuane from Washington State who comes in and, and everybody, he's my breakout candidate. I think that he's going to start if Landon Tang was not ready. If not, he's going to, he's going to get significant playing time. Like they were tempted to put him on the field more and burn his red shirt as a true freshman. JB Nelson's in that fold, the transfer from Lackawanna college. So you don't have to wait, you know, okay, well, three to four years from now, that's a long way away. You have these guys now, and then you can cycle in a Javen Williams if he's ready sooner rather than later and Alex Birchmeyer. Uh, and then down the road, Jalen Matthews in that class of 2025. Cooper Cousins, who's one of the best offensive linemen, period, in the class of 2024. Uh, this is all a testament of James Franklin, Phil Troutwine, and, and, and it's what we're seeing that Penn State has a concerted effort now to build up front. And they also have the resources. They didn't have those off those offensive line coaches weren't getting it done. Phil Troutwine is. 
That is the difference because where was this uh, over the past five to 10 years? Exactly. Phil Troutwine is now in and, and Penn State's got it together. Uh, and, and you should be really excited as a Penn State football fan. It is Locked On Nittany Lions. Adam Sheets joins me next to talking about Penn State men's basketball, where they go from here after an 80-60 to 60 loss to Purdue. Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner of Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting easy and fun. New customers join today to get started with 100 $50 in free bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line, point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Seiko, your host. Joining me is special guest Adam Sheets. We're talking some Penn State men's basketball, but first, Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get the inside analysis from the hosts that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. That is Locked On NFL Draft. Adam, great to see you again. I wish under better circumstances as Penn State men's basketball, as you put it before we started this conversation, got blitzed. Uh, that is certainly the case as 80 to 60 is the final. Uh, Penn State, you know, respectable first half, but really, really got blown out in the I, I thought I thought Purdue controlled from mm -hmm. probably midway through the first half uh, all the way because Penn State, you know, they kept it low scoring and it, they they hung around. But it, even when Penn State was leading, it felt like Purdue just had this entire game. Like Penn State didn't have a chance out in West Lafayette. Yeah, Purdue really controlled the entire game. I think you look at those first five minutes, which really like Penn State kind of hung in there. It was like 11-11. Michael Henn hit three threes. That was the only reason they were in the game early. Michael Henn did almost all the scoring early in the game. But when he went to the bench, Purdue made a good run there early. And the key to the game was obviously Mason Gillis. 29 points, hit nine threes, a Mackey Arena record, was just on fire. And that's what Penn State was going to give up. That was part of the game playing. You know, he's a guy who only made 17 threes on the season going into that game. So you're like, we're going to let him shoot. We're going to double off him with Caleb Dorsey and Miles Dredd, try to get it out of Zach Eady's hands. And Mason Gills, he did his job. That's what they were going to ask him to do. He's going to have to knock down shots. And he was able to do that for Purdue. You know, they were the best team in the country, number one. And they played like that today against a Penn State team that was definitely on an up hill battle from the tip and you know just Purdue outplayed them and that's what happens when you see that there's that talent gap that size gap between Purdue and Penn State and when they play to their ability it's tough for Penn State to win that type of game and, and Penn State didn't have its worst game I mean they only scored 60 points uh, and, and we'll get into individual players uh, Andrew Funk uh, did not have a good game obviously Jalen Pickett and Seth Lundy did their job uh, Michael Henn as you mentioned uh, kind of starting to at least get in a little bit of a rotation here as the season progresses but uh, you look at it and they shot 43% from the field. They shot 38% from three-point range. That's not bad. That's that's okay. Uh, but here here's where they got burned. 
Purdue out-rebounded them two to one. Exactly. 38 to 19. Uh, and, and that's something that I've been expecting to see all season long. Penn State's done a great job at being able to at least not have that happen. Uh, but here it showed up because you, you watch the highlights, you watch the game in real time, and Zach Eady just there were three Penn State Nittany Lions around him, and every time he just had no problem getting second chance opportunities. Yeah, I mean, that was the key to the game. I thought they did a good job on Edie on the catch. He didn't have a lot of post-up scores in the first half. He only had mm -hmm. eight points. Only one of those came off a of post-entry. The rest were second-chance opportunities. So they did a good job sending that double team, getting it out of his hands when they went to him in the post. The problem was, as you said, that offensive glass. Purdue did a great job crashing the glass, getting those boards, getting putbacks, and also getting it back out to shooters. Because Penn State, as you said, had two or three guys on them to try to box out. And then instead of grabbing it, Penn State trying to tip it out. But then Purdue has numbers on the perimeter to get those long rebounds as well. So just dominating the offensive glass and the glass in general was something Purdue wanted to do. Penn State was only getting one shot and done on offense. And then Purdue was getting second-chance opportunities. It was a recipe for success for the Boilermakers and a recipe for disaster for the Nittany Lions. And that's one of the keys, as you said that Purdue was able to win this game yeah they're they're very good in the in the backcourt uh that's something that I think Purdue has been lacking at least the past I mean I know they had Jaden Ivey last year but as far as a true deep backcourt but this Purdue team for now at least feels a little different it's not a team that's going to get knocked out <laughs> you know early uh, early on by a 15 seed right by a St. Peter's this feels like a team that can actually get to the final four mm -hmm. uh, they're built a little differently and not a lot of players have somebody that can go up with Zach Eady I just the way that Penn State played I it, it feels like two things here for Penn State when they can't beat opponents um one they they're playing someone that's seven foot or taller. I didn't know they just beat a Michigan team with Hunter Dickinson. Uh, that's, but they also lost to that same Michigan team at one point. I think they played motivated basketball after Micah Shrewsbury called him out. Uh, but then that's, that's the first thing. Penn state can't play somebody that's six foot 10 or taller. They're, they're just not going to do well. Uh, it, the chances are against them. And then number two, if this, and then if you combine these two together, Andrew Funk, it forgets his jersey at home. I, I know that I know that these guys are going to have off nights, but at Penn State, this is this is what I want to discuss a little further, Adam. Too is that if Andrew Funk has a bad night, then Penn State's screwed. They're done, and I don't. It, it shouldn't be so dependent on one player, but that feels like a consistent theme. Whenever he has a cold night shooting or just a little bit of an off night, Penn State's done. They're toast. Yeah, I mean, as good as Jalen Pickett is, Andrew Funk's the X factor because he's the guy that other coaches have to really say, okay, here's what we have to do against him. We have to chase him around, run him off the line. He's going to run off a lot of screens. They do so much through Andrew Funk and his movement without the basketball that he's so important that when he's not shooting the ball well, these defenders can focus in more on a Jalen Pickett. They can pack it in, help when Seth Lundy's driving if they have other guys going as well. So it really kind of collapses the defense, allows the other team to play really well and game plan better because Penn State does so much for Andrew Funk. I mean, he's so huge for this team. He's leading them in threes. He's that there's a reason why he's getting a lot of good looks today, just not going down. The same thing happened the first time they played Purdue in the Palestra. He was unable to hit those shots, and that allowed Purdue's defense to have a lot of success. So that's kind of been the problem for him. When he doesn't shoot well, Penn State struggles offensively, and that showed again in this game. They definitely have to find a way to get him going. He's a guy who he's gonna have bad nights. So he has more good nights than bad nights, which is a good thing. 
thing for Penn State, but he's definitely have to get back on track if they're going to want to keep winning as this huge stretch in February is coming. Adam Sheets, Penn State Men's Basketball Insider with Com Radio up in Penn State. I'm Zach Sako, your host of Locked on Nittany Lions. Uh, we're still talking Penn State Nittany Lion basketball and where they go from here and some uh, bigger problems that are preventing this team from, I, at least from my perspective, I just don't think they're a tournament team, but we'll continue that conversation after this. Today's episode is sponsored by Built. Looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise the taste, then man, I've got something for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think that they're good for you. And it's perfect for your New Year's resolution that is still going on. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're, com they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come with unbelievably tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm sure I'm not sure how Built does it. I'm really not. But these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about you got to order your Built Bars at Built.com. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut pops. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. He's Adam Sheets, Penn State men's basketball insider for Com Radio. I am Zach Seiko, your host of Locked On Nittany Lions. Adam, thank you again for for the time. I appreciate uh, the insight about this team, um, and you know I learned so much from you in these cases. But <laughs> I, 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 watching these games, it, I unfortunately learned more about this team than I'd like to because one moment. You know, I start to buy back in and it's like, hey, you know, they, they beat a Michigan team that the being undersized in the front court isn't affecting them as much. And then I know Purdue's number one in the country. They're they're 22 and one. The only reason they have a one loss is because it's a one point loss to Rutgers. Uh, but the, this looks like the complete team that they finally had. So uh, how how harsh should we be on the Nittany Lions for a game that's on the road? It's against the number one team in the country, and it's against a team that uh, they that no opponent is going to match up with Purdue well at any point in time this season. That's just the fact of the matter here. So am I being too harsh, Adam, that, that Penn State lost like this? I mean, it's a tough loss because you want Penn State to play well, and I don't think they played a great game, mostly because they didn't shoot the ball extremely well. But I think, you know, this game's not going to hurt them in the grand scheme of things. When you lose to the number one team in the country on the road, that's not a resume killer. They just crumble up this mm -hmm. one, break down, take the positives, fix the negatives, and then go to Nebraska on Sunday, which is a huge game for their tournament resume yeah. because of where Nebraska is in the net ranking. So it's going to be huge for Penn State to find a way to win that game. When you lose the number one team on the road, that's not going to hurt your resume. The committee's going to look and say that's a game Penn State's not supposed to win anyway. Right now, Purdue would probably be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. So you look and you're just going to sit there and say, you know, it's a tough loss. We did not play to our capability. Throw it away keep getting better and then go to Nebraska on Sunday and find a way to win that game and get back on track. Cause you have a huge one at home against Wisconsin on February 8th, which would be another huge game for the resume. 
Yeah, I just I, I look at these kinds of games, and, and it's still the uh, and Andrew Funk. If he has a bad game, Penn State overall has a bad game. Um, we've seen Seth Lundy be very consistent. Uh, we've seen Jalen Pickett obviously be be the mod. Uh, he he's got to make third team All America at, at least at this point here. Uh, Adam, I I just I find it this this is why I don't believe that this team's an NCAA tournament team. Uh, e even if they do get hot, they're going to get bounced from the first round. I, I really want uh, a an invitational tournament to the the NIT. I, I think that's good for them. I just because this team's just not that deep. They're, they're really not that deep because when one of those big three players has an off night, and more often than not, it's it's Andrew Funk. The team collapses. But I'm just wondering. You know why? Why has it taken so long for a guy like Michael Penn to get involved? Uh, Caleb Dorsey was a starter early in the season, and then they've kind of gone away from him. I, I don't know what has happened to Miles Dread. I, I really don't. I, I assume he's injured or just something's bothering him. I don't know. Uh, Kev Ajay, Jamil Brown were supposed to be you know iconic players in this class, and I get it. Uh, college basketball has gotten a lot older because of the transfer portal, because of NIL. So it's not the same where it's all these one and done. So uh, the days of superstar freshmen, I'm not saying are over because they're still there. Obviously look in the SEC, you look at, you look at Alabama, Arkansas in particular. Um, but the days of the Kentucky where the entire starting five or, or so where they're just 18 year olds, I don't think you're going to get that as, as much anymore. Um, or you're going to get 18 year olds where they just absolutely dominate uh, and, and they're the whole NCAA here. Uh, but Penn State is missing those pieces to round out this roster. It's it's Lundy, it's Pickett and it's Funk. And then there's just really nobody else. I'm disappointed that Dalian Johnson it, it hasn't really. Been, I, I heard great things about Dalian Johnson. Can can you make heads or tails of why some of these other players have not like broken out of their shell yet? Um, I think, you know, you said they're not very deep. I would say they are deep, but for all the wrong reasons, because they really have three great players and then a lot of guys who are very, very close, but they're not to where they need to be. That's why you see all these rotations with who's playing a lot. Evan Mahaffey barely played at all against Michigan, but he's been a key role a lot this season. So you see just these guys going in and out of the lineup. I don't know really why. I think it's a confidence thing for a lot of these guys because they're a team that shoots the ball well, so you got to get the guys in that are confident. So maybe Dallian Johnson's confidence is when down miles dread hasn't seen one really go in in a while consistently cam so winner cam winner i mean he just he's really struggled over the last couple months since they really hit big 10 play i don't know maybe it's that jump from competition from drexel to the big 10 that maybe that adjustment's just taking some more time for him but he has really struggled and i think it's confidence for a lot of these guys and then the freshmen it's adjusting because you mentioned how hard it is for freshmen it's always been hard in the big 10 for the reasons that it's a veteran league you know the big 10 has never really embraced that one and done they've had a lot of veteran guys especially at the big position and that's what keba is going up against a lot so it's kind of been really trial by fire for him so a lot of these guys they have experience but they don't have experience in the big 10 and power five a lot of transfers a lot of guys who have not played a lot of valuable minutes so i think outside of that big three as you said there's a lot of question marks on this team that they have to get answered you would have expected more from cameron winter and miles dread and they just haven't given it to you yet hopefully like i said if it's a confidence thing they just need that one good game see the ball go through the basket and then that really could get them going but it's definitely going to be tough they got to find ways to win games 
and just find a way to keep building that resume. That's going to be important for them. And hopefully someone steps up. As I said, they're deep, not for the right reasons, but maybe that means, you know, someone could step up. Maybe it's a different guy every night. The big three gets going and maybe it's a Michael Hen for a night or a Miles Dredd, or maybe it's Cameron Winter for a night, just kind of bouncing off who that fourth guy is to help them win games. That's the idea. And it seems like it's still not enough because you do get double digits out of Michael Hen. He had a season high and they're still, they're still strong. I just, I don't mind losing to the number one team on the road, but maybe within 10, that, that would just be a little reassuring here. And then you got to somehow carry that uh, into Nebraska here. And then it doesn't get any easier with Wisconsin, Maryland, Illinois, uh, Minnesota. It does, but that's not for a while. Uh, so, Adam, as we sit here today, early February, uh, what does not not I, I don't need you to say if Penn State can somehow, you know, circle the wagons and make the NCAA tournament. But in your mind, what is the committee looking for? How many more wins do you think they need? Uh, if the committee is going to look at them and say, even if they uh, fall out of the Big Ten tournament early, what will convince the committee that Penn State deserves to get in as an 11, a 10 or whatever? Because they're, they're going to be a double digit seed. They might even have a play in game. But what convinces the committee that they belong in March Madness? First, they got to win all their home games. They got a lot of big games coming up at home. Wisconsin's the next one at home. That's a huge one. Try to get revenge, get that split. They got Rutgers at home, hoping to get a split there as well. They got Maryland at home. So some huge opportunities. Illinois at home as well. If they can sweep Illinois, that'd be huge as well. So win your home games, protect your home floor at the Bryce Jordan Center, and then beat Maryland, uh, beat Nebraska, my apologies, and Minnesota. Those two games, as we said, very important games. You have to win. They're going to be on the road. Win those games. You could do that and maybe pick off a one of your away non-conference games, whether that be Ohio State, who's really been in free fall since they hit Big Ten play, whether that be going to Maryland and finding a way to win a game, just finding a way to pick off one of these road games as well that really boosts that resume and help get them. And maybe you're going to look at it once you hit the Big Ten tournament, you probably have a good idea how many games Penn State will have to win where they are on the bubble because they're going to be a bubble team. You know, there's no surprise there. They're not a team that's probably going to be surefire in when they get to the Big Ten tournament. So seeing how many games they have to win in the Big Ten tournament out in Chicago to help clinch that spot. So you, first you got to protect your home floor and then as I said win those two non win those two road games against the bottom half of the league to make sure you can boost that resume and get yourself into March. Adam Sheets, Penn State men's basketball insider for Penn State's com radio joining us here on Locked on Nittany Lines. Adam, of course before I let you go, where can everyone stay connected with your personal work? At Sheets Adam, where you can look to find all the Penn State basketball needs you need as Penn State continues to try to march on to March Madness. All right, and I look forward to our next conversation about this team. Hopefully, uh, it is a little like the Michigan game. Can they give us more of the Michigan game? Because then that way, you know, we're, we're ecstatic. We're excited. Uh, this one, a little bit of a somber result. But uh, Adam, thanks again, as always. I appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me, Zach. Always a pleasure. Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Check out the brand new show, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lines on YouTube. Help us continue to push to 900 and then ultimately 1,000. That is our new goal here on the channel. Follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seiko. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. More Penn State football, men's basketball, wrestling content is all set to come here on Locked on Nittany Lions.